Welcome back to the Relentless Minds podcast. I am your host, Lori Jimenez. I created this platform with a sole mission, and that is to inspire people of all backgrounds to create the change they wish to see in their lives and in the world by sharing the examples of those who are. As a listener, you will hear the stories of ordinary men and women with extraordinary stories of overcoming adversities in order to experience the life they dream of. All of these individuals share a common interest. They desire a change for the better, and they are in a relentless pursuit to create that for themselves. If you're looking for inspiration to overcome challenges in your own life, to create a life that you desire to have, then you have come to the right place. You see, the truth is, people everywhere are fighting for what they believe in, and together, with relentless action and mental strength, I have no doubt that we can fulfill that dream. Sonia, thank you so much for being here today. I'm absolutely honored to be able to give you the platform where you're able to share your story about battling breast cancer and also the inspiration that led you to create Style Esteem and the impact that you're having in the lives of women through your company. Um, I'm really excited about jumping into this conversation with you so that we can learn about your journey throughout this whole process and what you've come to learn and the help that you're now giving to other women. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be asked to do this and I, I love um, letting my strength be the strength of other women. And so I'm, I'm really happy to kind of dive into this with you today. Wonderful. So Sonia, I actually had the pleasure of meeting you in person two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I went over to see you in Queens, New York, and uh, we shot your promo video for your company. And so I'm excited about also sharing that with with the audience so that they get to learn more about your inspiration behind uh, creating Stylisteam. And so to start off, I really just kind of wanted to dive into um, your company. So your company is Stylisteam. You founded this in 2018. Yeah. And through that, you are empowering women um, and making them feel beautiful through these fashionable head wraps. And so, and I'm actually wearing one right now. Nobody can see it, but I'm wearing one right now. And, <laughs> and she looks I, good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so I wanted to ask you, what was it that um, inspired you to create this company? Why don't you take us back? Sure. Um, so I was actually diagnosed in 2018 um, around this time of year, actually, around March. And I, I was kind of naive about the whole process because I don't have any family history. And so I didn't know exactly what I was going to be getting myself into. And so I, I kind of knew the basics. I knew, okay, you know, I'd, I'd have to, you know, go through chemo. I may have to do radiation. By the way, I, I didn't even know what that would entail. So I just, I kind of knew, okay, the words chemo, the words radiation, the words surgery, um, hair loss, all this, you know, um, all the things that you kind of hear about cancer and you just assume that that's going to happen to you. Um, and so when I received my diagnosis, I made the decision to travel up to New York City for treatment. I was living and working full time in Washington, D.C. at the time, but I wanted to get treatment done in New York because that's where my family was and I felt that's where I would be most comfortable. So I committed to not just working full-time in D.C., but traveling up to New York every three weeks for chemo, you know, recovering as much as possible, then traveling back to D.C. and then going back to work every three weeks. That cycle continued. And so very quickly after the first round of chemo, I kind of, I got to a place where I understood just how intense this was going to be because um, everything started to kind of break down. Like, you know, your joints 
your, your joints feel like you're maybe like 200 years old. You cannot eat properly. You can't keep food down. You know, it's just all these different things that are taking place. And on top of that, you're losing your hair. So along with these other physical changes, you know, all of a sudden you look more tired. You cannot really walk the same way anymore. Um, and then on top of that, you're balding. And so um, at that point, I started to understand what that process is like, because when you lose your hair, what no one really prepares you for, and I, you know, I love my doctors, but they, they didn't mention this piece to me, and maybe because no one has really mentioned it to them, um, it's that when your hair falls out, your scalp becomes really sensitive, really painful, and the falling out process makes you feel like your head is bruising. Each time you lay down on the pillow, each time you try and like pat your hair dry from a shower, it's just torture. And so I decided I don't, I don't want to continue anymore wearing this wig that I had bought that I'd so carefully picked out that looked wonderful. I started to feel like this was a, a, an obligation that I no longer wanted to keep up. Mm-hmm. And so having to worry about combing it and styling it and, you know, as good as it might look when I'm leaving the house within a half hour, I'm going to want to tear it off and throw it onto the side of the road. It's just bad. And so that's kind of when I started to think there has to be a better uh, a better solution to this issue. And so I started to look online and in stores and I really wanted to find a head wrap, find something that made me feel cute and stylish and comfortable and something that I could match with my outfits and all this. But everything I found was really boring or it looked like something only a cancer patient would wear. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to give up my pride in myself and turn into a sick person. Um, and so I decided, you know, if it doesn't exist out there, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think of the solution and create it myself. And so in 2018 was actually when I started to kind of put the idea together for creating head wraps and not just creating it for myself, but then also creating it for other women. And then 2019 was actually when I launched. So we're not really even a year old at this point. We're coming up on one year. So now. you on the same year, and that's incredible, and you guys, and you've, you've done so many things in just this one year nearly that you've been on, but the same year you were diagnosed then is when you also, and when, so when you were battling with cancer and you were going through the treatments is the same year that you founded your company and then you started to grow your company. No, that's like not something that many people would think about just tackling, you know, it's like you just went all in. Yeah. Well, to, to be totally honest, and this is kind of an important Um, insight that I want to share with your listeners is that when you're going through something tough, often it is kind of what it is, right? Like you get sick, you have to take the medicine, you have to do the surgeries. There's a certain protocol that's there that if you want to get well, you have to sort of go through the process of getting treated and getting well. Um, And so oftentimes you won't be able to change kind of the process you have to go through for whatever difficulty you might be having, whatever hardship you might be having, but you can kind of look around and, and find a reason why you want to come out of it at the end. Because it's not just important to go through the process to get well, but it's important to have a reason to want to get well. And just to be alive or just to be, you know, this or just to be that is not good enough reason, in my opinion, because it's not going to motivate you in the right way. And so when I thought of this idea for a company that can help women who are going through the same thing that I'm going through, all of a sudden it became, hey, I need to I need to get well because I need to help others. I need to get well because I need to create. I need to get well because I have a purpose that's bigger than even cancer, you know? Mm. So that's 
that's something that um, once I told myself that, it was really easy to convince myself. You know, I, I, I am someone who I love just um, when I hear a good idea or when I hear something that just catches my attention like that, it's hard for me to let it go. So once I thought of it, it just became me. Every time I woke up every day, I just convinced myself over and over. Okay, hey, this is why you're up today. This is why you're up today. You might be tired. You might be feeling run down, but this is why you're up today. You know? Yeah. That's powerful. So this became like your, your reason, your reason why, like your reason to continue, your reason to fight. That's yeah. very powerful. I think that's a good point. You know, even though it's something that may to me, you know, seem like, you know, you're just adding another burden. Why don't you just focus on taking care of yourself and on your health? It's like, yeah. no, this is my health. Like this is a reason why I'm feeling as empowered and motivated as I am. So when it comes to the, what you created, Let's talk about your, your product. Let's talk about the head wraps. So the inspiration behind this and now what you're providing for people, it's like, it's beautiful. They're beautiful head wraps. Like you said it yourself, like you couldn't find something stylish. So can you tell us about the inspiration and specifically like, you know, you're going into different colors and all of that? Sure. Yeah. So the inspiration behind really the way I've sort of created the wraps is that a woman should have options any time of year that she wants to do anything that her heart desires she should have an option of a wrap she can put on so that she can go outside with confidence and feel good in her own skin because the truth is when you lose your hair you might lose it at you know in the fall you might end treatment in the winter it might start coming back in the spring and summer but then you're still stuck with very very short hair again in the fall and winter and so that cycle continues for a long time where you either you know, your hair is thinning out, you shaved it off and you're bald or it's growing back and you're just not comfortable with that length. It's like a buzz cut or like a mullet or some other creature on your head and you just, you just can't deal with it, you know, and that's okay. Um, So you should be able to still live a great, full and happy and fun life, whether that means going to the beach, whether that means, you know, buying your own groceries, whether that means, picking your own kids up from school or going to church or, uh, you know, being able to host people, being able to have people over for social events, Um, whatever that thing is or the things are that make you happy, that constitute living a nice and fun life for you, hair loss shouldn't hold you back from that. And so that's why with my collection, I've created um, a number of different collections within the overall um, company. So I have spring, summer, fall, and winter, just so you can kind of be able to pick and choose from different styles that are season appropriate. So for example, the wrap that you're wearing right now, even though your folks can't see it, but it's like an ivory colored wrap with white, very subtle rhinestone sparkles. And that particular wrap, you know, you could probably wear it all year round because it looks multi-seasonal, but I came out with this wrap last summer because, you know, as cancer patients or women going through hair loss, we have to go to trains and and buses and whole hospital rooms and movie theaters and all this, you know, things that are in our daily lives where you're constantly in and out of cold rooms. And so you want to be warm. You want to be a little bit cozy. And, you you know, you also don't want to do that in the summer and look like you're about to go on a skiing trip. You want to, you know, you don't want to look like an Eskimo in the middle of July. You want to wear something that is like pretty and fun and feminine. And so with that idea of, you know, you might even have similar needs throughout the year, but you just want it to look right. That's kind of what motivated me to do the 
the, the seasonal collections. And then within each season, there's also day wear, evening wear, and knitwear. Just so, again, you know, you can, you can have options for going from, you know, the office to date night to movies on the couch or whatever it is. You should just be able to go from one to the next without really having to worry about Hey, I need to stop my life because I don't look right. I don't feel right. You know, that shouldn't be part of the conversation when you are really trying to heal. Everything should just be making you feel better and more confident and happier yeah. with yourself. And is that something that you noticed when you were going through your treatment and you were battling breast cancer and also connecting with other women in the community? Is that something that you saw and you experienced personally? that it was like feeling, you know, this lack of confidence and yeah. feeling bad about yourself. And, you know, so can you tell us about like those, those emotions that are going through your head? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there, there's so many of those because, um, again, you know, it's, I, it's interesting because when I was diagnosed, I found a lump through a self-exam in the shower. And it wasn't even, a, I'm calling it a self-exam, but it wasn't. I was just showering and I felt something and I, 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 you know, I felt it again and again and I investigated further and I followed up on it. And so then it turned out to be what it was. And so up until that point, I actually didn't feel sick. I felt perfectly healthy. I felt great in fact. And so I couldn't understand why, you know, how is it that I have cancer yet I feel perfectly fine. And so a lot of times when you are diagnosed and it's, you know, early stage, um, you, you won't necessarily feel extended symptoms, but you'll see the lump or you'll feel the lump. And so, you know, going into chemo, starting treatment, you will probably feel okay. You'll feel fine. Uh, but once that first round of chemo hits, it's like your world is just flipped upside down because all of a sudden you've gone from what I was, which is a healthy 29 year old, you know, working this like really awesome job, traveling, you know, being social and like enjoying life, eating anything I wanted and like just, you know, having a great time to this person who cannot even get up from the couch to walk to the kitchen for a glass of water. Like that to me was a very, very, very tall task and there's no exaggeration. So for me to just be able to function like normal, um, it really felt like I was I, I felt like this is what you must feel like when you're at the end of your life, you know, when you're kind of mm -hmm. losing bodily function and like strength and stamina. And so to kind of turn into like a whole different age group almost and yeah. to lose your hair and to just, even if you're feeling okay and you're, you know, you're like, Oh, I went for a walk today. I feel great. You know, I'm really proud of myself. You come home and you look in the mirror and you're just, you look so, so tired and drained and, you know, you kind of wonder when, when is the life going to come back into my face? And, and so I carefully, very carefully look at my face, you know, every day. Um, and I am very grateful for the life that has come back into it. I really feel like, you know, everything, this whole process of founding my own business, helping other women, all this has brought a new level of gratitude back into myself, which has brought new life back into my face. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's something that takes time. And so yeah. you, you know, it just becomes this process of trying to look for the light at the end of the tunnel. You count down from, you know, treatments, you count down six chemos, five, four, three, two, one. In my case, I had a whole year of um, infusions of maintenance treatments because I was for two positive. And so every three weeks I still had to go, even after chemo was done, I still had to go for that. 
So you count down, you know, 17, 16, 15, you know, like the whole thing. And so you just, you just kind of are like waiting and seeing, waiting and seeing. And so it became very, became very tough, but it also taught me to be very patient with myself, to really give myself a break. Sometimes it's just, you just have to, you just have to like love yourself a little bit. And mm-hmm. so everything else will kind of come back as your body recovers, but it makes a huge difference when, you know, you're, you're kind to yourself. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What ways would you say that really helped you to get through this process? Like what things did you do to show mm-hmm. love to yourself and to take care of yourself mentally um, to help you feel better and, and feel, you know, more, more empowered to continue? Yeah. Um, you know, I, sometimes I get so, um, sucked into the day-to-day tasks. Like I find myself up till 12 or one or two, just trying to like create some little thing. And I get so kind of worked up over it and I have to really use those moments to kind of pause and remind myself that this is like one piece in a very, very big puzzle and to, to just stop and recognize how far I've come and that this small thing is just one more step, you know? stopping and recognizing, okay, you know, this isn't like a, a project. The thing that you're doing now, it's not a project that started like last week or even last month. It's something that started when you were diagnosed with cancer, like two years ago. So mm-hmm. this little thing that you're struggling with or getting frustrated over, it's actually part of a much bigger journey. And so that is the important thing. You know, yeah. this will work itself out. It'll be totally fine. Um, because it's part of a bigger mission. And so you'll be okay. And so reminding yourself, you know, you've come this far for a reason. And so you should appreciate that. You should love yourself for it. You should congratulate yourself for it. You know, if sometimes, you know, this is how far you can go in a day and you've done your best, that's fine too, because sometimes it's time to take a step back from helping others and to help yourself. And whether that means, you know, making sure you get active, making sure, you know, you are keeping your energy up, eating the right foods, um, going out and being with other people, being social and it not having to be about cancer or work or head wraps. Sometimes you just need to go outside and check yourself, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when you're kind of working for yourself and trying to create this thing that, you know, you want it to be so good for other people. You sometimes have to just remind yourself that you can't be good to others if you're not good to yourself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just, just the little things I think are important, yeah. just the normal everyday things, because those are the ones that really get away from us when we're trying yeah. to, you know, recover from something big or build a business. It's just that reminder that, Hey, you can put your, you know, walking shoes on and go outside. And when you come back, I guarantee you, you'll feel better. And so to remember that and to do it each time you need it. Yeah. So like these mental cues were very important for you. Like always reminding yourself, like, it's okay. Like this, the place where I am right now is exactly where I need to be. Right. And I'm, and I am doing okay for, with the tools that I have available and always sure. just reminding yourself that. Well, that's, that's, that's the other thing, Lori. Like, uh, it's interesting what you said about with, you know, the tools that I have available to me, there's, there's a few different places I've heard this um, in the past couple of years. I've been listening to others, you know, who, who really talk about these things in a way that um, has inspired me. And so this whole idea of the tools, you know, I, I firmly believe at any given point, you have exactly what you need to do what you need to do. So reminding myself that I'm not actually missing anything from my toolbox. It's all there. 
Um, sometimes the tools need to be put down. They need to be given a rest, and that's okay. Yeah. But, you know, you, you have what you need at any given moment to do what you need to do. It's within you somewhere. And it's okay to feel like you just are not connecting with it. That's fine. Uh, but it's there. And I, I think that's another really important thing that I um, told myself over and over and over during chemo. Like, it's there. Like, it's, it's, I'm getting through this for a reason. And, you know, if I can't carry myself, I know my mom will. I know my dad will. My sister will. My cat will. Like, it'll be totally fine. You know, sometimes it's okay to give that up a little bit, but it's all there. Um, and whatever is not inside of you is around you. So yeah. um, that's really important to remember. And that's another important thing is the support, you know, the support and finding people that mm-hmm. or opening up to people because I would think, you know, and I guess you could speak on this more, but it's a very difficult time that women go through when mm-hmm. they are going through this treatment, when they are fighting for their life. And do you feel like some women might try to isolate themselves because of the emotional burden that they're experiencing? Like when it comes to that, what do you say to that? And what can you say about the support group, like family members? What's the best way they approach women that are experiencing this? You know, I think there are so many layers to that question, right? And so first, if you're going through something like this and you need some distance, I, that's okay. You know, it's okay to want a little bit of distance to process things and to figure out how you're going to deal with it. That's actually what I did. And I know I'm very, very active now and I am very open about what I've gone through. But when I was first diagnosed, actually, um, it, it, it felt like such a private thing. You know, it's not only something that's related to your body, but it's like the, the most intimate area for a woman. And so I really didn't want to discuss it with anybody. Um, I told, you know, my parents obviously knew. Um, I told a couple of friends and coworkers who I needed them to know just so I can kind of like be looked after and be able to go do what I needed to do in in New York. Um, But other than that, I really didn't tell anybody else. And I kind of got to a point where, you know, I, I saw what my parents were going through and I felt like maybe they need some support because I was actually trying to be very, very strong. And sometimes maybe I was superficially strong and that's okay. It, it was the way I dealt with it, mm-hmm. but I got to a point where, you know, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we should tell a few relatives just so my parents have a support system. Um, maybe we'll tell them after I'm two chemos then. And then it became, maybe I'll tell them when I'm halfway done to three chemos then, you know, time passed, time passed. And like, we just didn't even do it because um, we just were so busy and so it was such a struggle to get through the treatments that there just was no time to like have these conversations with anyone that wasn't directly involved. And so skipped over that whole period without telling anyone. But when we got out on the other side of it, I, you know, I wanted to talk about my business. I wanted to tell people, Hey, I'm going to do this thing to help other women. I want you to support me. And that kind of led me to having to say, hey, and this is where it's coming from. You know, it's coming from this experience that I've had in the past year. All these amazing photos you've seen of me as a blonde. And that was a wig, uh, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, the head wraps are here to stay. And this is what I'm going to be doing from now on. And so, you know, that that led me to kind of automatically reach out to people. And so when I started to do that, um, it really changed my world because I started to connect with other young women who... Um, and, and it's really tough for young women because they're made to feel like, oh, you know, no, 
you're not supposed to be going through this, that a lot of women go to their doctor and they're misdiagnosed or, you know, doctors will brush them off like, oh, you know, what you're seeing, this is not a breast cancer symptom. It's just because you're young, you have like, you know, lumpy breasts or whatever it is, like dense breasts. And so when you come out on the other end and you're all of a sudden connecting with other women who are around your age in their 20s and 30s and 40s, and they've gone through the same thing, it becomes such a camaraderie and such an amazing support system. And it's nothing that involves, unless you want it to, it's nothing that involves putting yourself out there. You know, no one is like asking you to go change your Facebook status to, hey, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Mm. What I mean when I say like connecting with other women, it's, it's, and it, you know, people in this community are very open. Um, there's a lot of organizations that you can reach out to that are helpful, like the Young Survivors Coalition. The Breasties is another one that they have national chapters and they do a lot of um, activities where you just go out and you do things like, you know, working out or going to brunch or um, any other kind of little things where you're just amongst other survivors and it's a great place to talk about it. It's a great place to also just not talk about it. Um, and so to have that company has been a lifesaver for me because I often don't want to talk about it, but it's a relief to be in the presence of other women who get what I'm going through. And so, you know, you don't have to put yourself out there, but it's important to seek out a little bit of bonding with other women because these are also the women who you can turn to with questions with, you know, how, how can I deal with nausea? How can I deal with this like surgery coming up? What should I buy? What should I have prepared? All this type of stuff. And it's, trust me, it's a much better place to have your questions answered than Dr. Google. Um, so yeah, that's right. You know, th- those things are important. You kind of have to find your support circle. And often like I had to just find it out in the world. And I have so many young women who are my friends now who I consider, um, who I consider my friends and supporters. And these are not women that I knew any of them before I was diagnosed. And since then they've become my circle. So that's really important to find your circle and to find your tribe and to use these organizations to go to events and, you know, try out something new that might actually end up helping you. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to, you know, keep it up for the sake of appearances, but it's important to try it. When it comes to, when it comes to family and, and friends asking kind of asking a person, um, you know, what they're going through or, or being interested, I think one thing is like, it depends on, on the person, right? So if someone has put it out there that they're going through breast cancer or some form of cancer, or any other illness, then it's your job to perhaps check in on the person and maybe just show up. Don't ask, how can I help? But just show up. You can do that by saying, hey, it's nice out this evening. I would like to go for a walk. Can I come pick you up and take you with me? And we can go for a walk around the block. You know, um, I'm going to the grocery store. What can I get you? Um, you know, things like that. Just things just like kind that. Of just, Think of it as like inserting yourself in mid-conversation, not, hey, how's it going? Can I help you? Or how are you doing? People who are sick don't have time for that little small talk. I mean, it's mm-hmm. fine to approach and that, you yeah. know, that's okay. But like, that was a big thing during chemo. I didn't have strength to even sit up. I don't want to have conversation about how I'm feeling, you know, because it's, yeah. it should be obvious. I'm not feeling well. Um, yeah to show me that you care, mm. just show up, just show up and be good company, just show up and like take me for a walk or just, you know, little things like that. Just be there and don't, don't lead a conversation when you're around the person, let them lead, like let them tell you what's going on or how they're feeling or how they're doing. Just kind of, you know, 
be, be a sounding board. Yeah. Um, I think that's super helpful. Yeah. Like just be like emotionally available, like mentally yes. available, like just, and then also taking initiative in, in doing things for, for you and for that yeah. to show that they care. They don't need to be told. Yeah. So actually, um, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing there's also, um, you know, a number of platforms where, you know, and I realize not everyone can kind of show up at your front door and like take you out and all that, because a lot of times, you know, you're, you know, you're checking up on a friend who's living like across the country or in a, you know, a different time zone or what have you. So, um, and maybe we can provide this to your listeners. There's a number of platforms where you can actually um, help your friend or loved one create a gift registry for specifically for a cancer patient. And so it's a sort of a wide offering of all different brands that help cancer patients in one form or another. It's not just for breast cancer patients, but it can be for anyone going through treatment or surgery. Um, and so you can actually, you know, if you can't show up to their front door, you can tell them, Hey, like make a, make a gift registry. And like, I will get you what you need, you know, and you can kind of go on there in the same way you might do it for you know, a wedding or a baby shower. You can get them exactly what they want. Um, yeah. and so there's a few, there's, um, mend after cancer is one. A friend of mine is um, starting a, a business soon where she's like putting together crates, like calling them caring crates and it'll be, you know, with different products that you can oh, wow. put together like a gift basket. There's other nonprofits oh, that do it as well. You know, there's hope kits also that is offered, but um, you know, there's, there's different things you can do. You don't have to kind of be there physically, but you can also just kind of treat the person to the things that they need. Absolutely. And I can definitely add this information in the show notes so that people yes. can access that. They can look into it and they can reach out to their loved ones that might be going through the same experiences. Yeah. So I can definitely share that information. So thank you for bringing that up, Sonia. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, you're you know going through your cancer treatment, you were creating style esteem. Were you still also even working in the, um, the media? Because you had your career as yeah. well. So were you doing this all at the same time? Uh, there, there was a, a brief period where I was, I want to say maybe since when I put the idea out there and started to actually work on it, it was September, 2018. And from September, 2018 to about March, 2019, I was doing everything at once, including two major surgeries. And so with the surgeries, it's interesting because, um, I, with the first one, I had like a, a month and a half recovery period with the second one, it was around the same amount of time. And I just kind of. I did everything that I could physically before the surgeries. And then during the surgeries, I was completely prepared to just sit down and just be working from my laptop and just be focusing kind of not on me, but on, on something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did, I did take care of myself and I had my mom helping me, but um, mentally speaking, I, I was focused in a different direction. Um, and so that, that ended up helping me quite a bit. And, you know, if you're going to do something like that, it doesn't have to be a company or something so big. It can be, it can be anything really. But um, for me, it was a big savior to do it that way. Were you always like that? Like throughout life, have you always just been someone who really, really pushes yourself to go to that next level? Or was this like a recent revelation from when you were diagnosed? Yeah, no, you know, it's something, to be honest, it's something that I've always done as a person. I um, am a first generation American. I'm the first person in my family to go to a college and to get a master's in my immediate family. And, um, you know, I had always had this dream of, you know, being in Washington, DC and working for the government. And I, 
you know, I was in a very, very high, high profile area before I left DC. And it, it was such a demanding space that I really think that position taught me what my limits are um, in terms of, you know, not being held back by limits, but being able to push them farther and farther out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when this, you know, when this company idea came along, I I knew that I had a lot of capacity within me to do a lot, um, especially if it was something that I cared about. And so all these, you know, all these experiences that I had and what I describe as my past life, you know, I lovingly call it that, but all of those experiences, um, I think prepared me in a way that it helps me kind of understand my past a little bit better. It helps me understand, okay, you went through a lot of struggle, you know, and a lot of, a lot of difficulty, even sometimes being the first in your family to do certain things, not having, um, you know, not having necessarily the right type of people to turn to for, for what you wanted to do. Now, you know how to kind of be that entrepreneurial self and to kind of make it happen when you have, you know, limited resources. And I think that's a really important thing to know about yourself um, and to kind of understand when you're going forward with something like this. That's, that's incredible. And that's so important. That's really what inspires me when I see it and I see it in you is that resilience and it's that resourcefulness because not everybody is going to have the same tools that we mentioned and the same resources to be able to realize their dreams. And another thing is like being in an environment where you're able to grow and being in an environment where you're able to be motivated. And um, I know that we kind of mentioned this before, but like you know, you're talking about a past life and the experiences in your past life. What were some of these experiences that like you had to maybe even change in your own life um, or like, you know, circumstances that you had to change in your own life that really kind of set the tone for now this new life that you're creating for yourself? Yeah, that's, that's a really important point to think on because, you know, you can want change, but then you have to kind of foster that change to happen. Um, and for me, the, the biggest one was um, moving back home to New York. And it's something that I have thought about for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I kept, put, I kept putting it off thinking, oh, I, have, I still have things left to do in D.C. I still have things left to accomplish. And, I'll, you know, I'll move back eventually. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, and I got to a point where, you know, you're, you're letting the days and months and years pass you by and you technically don't know how many more of those you have left. And so for Mm -hmm. me, moving back home was always this, you know, combination of things. I want to be, I want to be in New York because I love New York. Um, I want to be home and be closer to family. I want to be closer to my sister. I want to be closer to my community. Um, And then now with this uh, business, you know, this is where fashion is. So Mm -hmm. I knew that at that point that it was time to move forward and to come back home. Uh, and that that would be the one thing that really, I think, would take it to the next level, um, being in the right city for something like this. And, you know, honestly, it's led me to so many amazing opportunities um, that I would have never had uh, if I were living back in D.C., including connecting with the Komen Foundation, being a power ambassador for them at their, you know, Race for the Cure this past fall, which also helped me kind of get my own message out there with, um, you know, being able to connect with the media. Um, other things like just working on this New York Fashion Week project with um, Anna Ono Intimates and Project Cancerland. Um, other things like that that you know you cannot really tap into from anywhere else. And so um, you know after about ten years in DC, packing up and moving and re- basically restarting um, after beating cancer, after you know turning uh, thirty, 
uh, all these different things, like to kind of make a change at that point, it felt really meaningful. And it felt like, okay, well, this is kind of going to give me everything that I need to move forward, including, you know, being closer to home and having that family support system, you know, kind of giving myself the time to work on this full time and not immediately going back to some other kind of job and just kind of allowing myself space to work on this and be creatively present in, you know, every single day that I am working on this. Um, that was a big one for me because I knew that, um, you know, with my quote unquote past life, if I were working anywhere full time by the time I'm home and I have time to myself, I might not have any juice left to give to something like this where, you know, it really takes every part of you to create for someone who is going through cancer because it requires you to go, go and tap back into your own journey. And so that takes a lot of, um, you know, emotional and mental capital, if you will. So you know, moving back home, being around my family, kind of giving myself a little bit more time to work on this full time, and then just making myself available to opportunities without necessarily having a guarantee of how it's going to, you know, benefit me, just kind of showing up, uh, you know, showing up to different things, whether it's big or small or making connections or, you know, like yourself, you know, you and I know each other because, you reached out to me and, you know, I said, Hey, like I, you know, what you're doing is really inspiring to me. And you said the same and we connected and here we are. Um, and you know, hopefully we'll help people who need it. And so those type of things, you know, making yourself available and putting yourself out there, it's hard to do, but you know, when you are doing it for the right reasons, the universe tends to take care of you is what I've learned and helps you, helps you move along. And I think that you mentioned something super important, you know, and that was just like, that this this desire that you had to be able to to take this idea that you knew was going to be so impactful to the next level but you're right it is scary you know and it's a scary decision to make so many people limit themselves in on jumping on something that's such an incredible and powerful idea because of the sphere so i just kind of wanted to ask you when it came to making that jump was it that really pushed you to finally saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave my, my fixed job and I'm going to invest full time into my company. Yeah. Um, so kind of thought back on the difference that it made when I created my first head wrap. I remember to this day it was like a, like kind of a shimmery beige wrap with this loop, this black loop in the front. And it was kind of speckled with these really pretty, um, pink, white, and red dots. And I remember I put that thing on and I went out and I was like, it just changed everything. I almost felt like I was, you know, I was, um, you know, a cancer patient disguised as like a really, really nice, like fashionable girl who is just like totally normal. And like, no one else knows who I am or what I'm doing except for me, because if you look at me, you would never know. Um, and it changed my life to be able to go out and to just to just be like in the world, you know, without any questions asked, without any looks, without any sort of remarks from anybody. Um, And it got me out the door. It got me moving. It got me socializing. It got me doing all these things that um, at the end of the day really impacted how I viewed myself because like I mentioned before, you know, you kind of turn into this other kind of person. You, you feel like you're much older. You feel like, you know, your body is just basically failing on you. It's like giving up and breaking down piece by piece. But all of a sudden, hey, you can like go out and do all these things and enjoy yourself. Well, that means that must mean that, hey, you're actually pretty capable. That must mean, you know, you're able to do uh, 
the things that give you joy and your body is not actually holding you back. Um, and for us women, I think it's like that small connection of like when you feel confident in yourself, you are willing to go out and do these things, even if you don't feel that great um, right. on the inside. And so, you know, knowing that it might've made the difference between recovering the way my doctor said I would versus like some other progression or some other, you know, complication or, or anything like that. Um, I wanted to make sure that other women have that same option, that option to just be yourself. And so that to me was a good enough reason to just completely change things, to completely focus. And it, it, you know, it requires a lot of trust and faith when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that I can do that for someone else, the same thing that I did for me, that was enough of a reason. That's beautiful. That's yeah. so powerful. Mm-hmm. How have you seen that Stylist Team has been helping other women? Sure. I've seen it kind of everywhere. Um, I've seen it being worn by people like yourself who are supporters of this community who, you know, want to see other women thrive. I've seen it worn by women who, um, you know, their, their mom might be, you know, a breast cancer patient, but they want to support other women because I do one for one donations for each wrap that I sell. I donate one to a cancer patient women whose lives have been touched by breast cancer who aren't necessarily themselves survivors will buy a head wrap because they do know what it is to go through something like this because they've seen it up close. I've seen women who, um, you know, are stage four patients who are in and out of treatment for the rest of their lives. They'll, you know, they'll kind of dress up with a head wrap once in a while when they go in for treatment because it's, it helps them kind of, you know, add color to their day and to add a little bit of joy to the situation. Yeah. Um, and also keeps them comfortable and cozy in a hospital. So, um, you know, and then to see it also going from, you know, the, the hospital room all the way to New York Fashion Week, which is happening um, this February. And it ha- it's, you know, some, it's an annual show that takes place where breast cancer survivors take the runway and they're wearing um, intimate wear from Anna Ono. They're wearing sleeves from Lymphedema Divas. They're wearing head wraps from Stylist Steve and like all these other different products that are also designs that are created by other survivors because there's a lot of amazing artists in our community. So to see it kind of go from the way it was intended to be used, which is just women supporting other women to it becoming more of a symbol of, of fashion, of um, something that is really powerful, something that can be worn kind of on a stage that is bigger than any of us. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's the amazing part to me. And it's, it's, it's something that I dreamt of, I think when I was, much younger thinking, oh, I would love to be in fashion. This is like something that feels so right to me. And then kind of getting redirected into a totally different path and then coming back here to see it happening. is just, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it was your dream and the universe told you this is the path for you. Like this is what you're meant to be. And this is the impact that you're meant to make in just a little bigger way. And I have to tell you, it does really touch people in in different ways because when I wear this, I'm excited to talk to people about it. And I'm excited to tell people like, this is what this is all about. And even just that, it makes you feel, makes the person feel it. Even if they're not experiencing cancer themselves, like they, they still, they still know that they're, they're supporting a bigger cause. And and that to me is, is something that's definitely worth sharing. So you were mentioning that when someone buys one, you donate one right? And that's being donated to a cancer patient. Yes. So every time um, someone buys the head wrap, we donate one to a cancer patient in need. Um, And that's, 
that's because, you know, even though we have our online shop and we kind of connect with women in person through pop-ups and things like that and different conferences, there's always women who, um, you know, they are being spread thin because of a diagnosis. A lot of women are single moms and they're dealing with like multiple children that they need to feed and get through school. You know, there's, you know, there's women who are young who, are, you know, don't necessarily have the, the money to spend on accessories because they're spending it all on like transportation to get to and from a hospital that's like hours away. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of unique stories um, that I've heard where it just, it stands out to me that, you know, you are going through something like this. And even though you may know that you need X, Y, and Z to feel better, you might not be able to kind of splurge on those things because there's other things are a higher priority, putting food on the table, getting medicine, all these other things. And so for that reason, I wanted to just make sure that those women also are able to get head wraps because we all kind of need these tools equally. We all want to feel good about ourselves. We all want to feel confident when we step out the front door. Um, and I kind of see it as a, as a right, you know, you should, you have the right to want to yes. do those things for yourself. Absolutely. So, um, for me, it just, it, it just made sense to do it for everybody, not just yeah. for customers, you know, yeah. um, just everyone who needs it should be able to have it. Absolutely. And I love that you're doing that. And Sonia, I absolutely am inspired and in awe with like, you're just your journey. And, you know, you mentioned something super important. That was my key takeaway was that when you're going through this, the, the toughest time of your life, yeah. this challenge, you know, taking on a company and growing a company was what actually gave you your why in life yeah. to continue on. And I think that is such a powerful statement. And and I just, I support what you're doing and I really, really just push you to keep going on and to keep helping people. Um, and I wanted to ask you when it comes to, um, you know, you're, you being here today and you sharing your story, your journey with us, is there anything else that you wanted to talk to, um, to us about or to the women out there listening um, that we haven't talked about already? I think it's worth saying again um, that, you know, difficulties will come your way. That's what life is. It's a series of challenges, right? And I, you know, before cancer, I had my fair share of challenges. I had a lot of ups and downs in my life. And I was not the same person that is sitting here at this podcast today. I was very different. I had a very hard time dealing with difficulties. And I think it's because I didn't really exercise any kind of real control over myself. Um, over my mentality, over my emotions, over my attitude. Um, and, you know, going through cancer, I realized that this particular difficulty was going to come in and really take away a lot from me if I would allow it to do so. Mm. Um, and so I, I had a real conversation with myself. And I, once I had this conversation with myself, like once I realized I can talk to myself about these things, I had this conversation repeatedly throughout chemo. And that was, you know, happiness, you can choose to be happy. It doesn't really matter what is going on around you. Like those things will be there. But on the inside, you can choose to be a happy person. And it might not always mean that you are happy with the way things are, like in general. Um, you might really be wanting to get through chemo. You might wanting to get your hair back. You might be wanting this and that. But you can still be happy with yourself because you have come this far. You're going to get through it. And that is only because you're amazing. I mean, that's just, 
that's that's all it is you know like the power of one person to get through something like that is really strong um and so I had these conversations with myself repeatedly because I had many moments where I felt myself like slipping and sliding all over my you know my convictions of you know oh you're great you're awesome like you'll get through this and I had to talk to myself about it and so I did that over and over and over again um and when I realized that this is like you know, something that you can actually do, you can talk yourself into being, you know, courageous and happy and going forward. Um, it became the thing that I used the most often in my life and still do. Um, and so what I want to say to your listeners is just, you know, whatever hardship you're going through, whether it's some kind of diagnosis or, you know, you lose your job or something else, whatever it may be, you, you really have to kind of talk to yourself about, you know, who, who you want to be now, but who you want to be when things change. And so, you know, things turn out for the best. So like if you get another great job, if you get through treatment, if you, you know, if your relationship works out, whatever it is, how will you be then? Are you going to be a happy person then? Are you going to be, you know, positive in your attitude? Are you going to be um, open to the world? And then you have to ask yourself, so what's the difference between now and then? Why am I going to wait to be happy then and positive and with a great attitude if I can just do it now? Um, and you have to kind of learn to close that gap and that's how you're going to get through what you're going through. And that's how you'll be able to see good ideas when they come to you. Like I was, um, Mm -hmm. because I really had, I really had to work on my canvas for it to be ready to kind of receive this, you know, amazing idea of Ted wraps. And so that, that if I can help anyone with that, I'd love to leave it at that. I love that. Thank you so much for finishing up with that statement. Those are really, really true words. And um, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us and sharing your story and your journey and the amazing things that you're doing today and how people can continue to help these women through your company. And um, just on that note, if, if anyone wants to help women who are going through breast cancer, you, you don't have to purchase a wrap to do that. You don't, you know, a lot of people don't need a head wrap. A lot of people don't necessarily uh, want to wear one and that's okay. But what you can do actually is you can still help women by sponsoring a head wrap donation, which is super easy. It's just like buying a head wrap, except you're buying it for someone else. And so you can actually do that on our website at stylosteamshop.com. You can sponsor a head wrap. um, And when you do that, we will donate one in your name to someone who needs it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for adding that in. I'll make sure to add all the information so your company and also how they can, they can donate and not necessarily purchase, but they can continue to support, um, but through donation. I'll add all that information into um, the show notes. Sonia, thank you so much for today. I truly appreciate the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and feel inspired and would like to be a part of the Relentless Minds community, you can join the movement for change on Instagram and Twitter. We would also love to know how your experience has been as a listener. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another powerful story. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.